Welcome to another episode of Fresh Pharaoh Entertainment. We're your hosts. I'm Horace the Pharaoh. I'm Don the Ascended. And your boy Rod the Doc come out with a special, special one this time. Yes, sir. Today we have a very special. And do we emphasize very special? Well, very special. Very special. Very, very and, special. You know, our guest today has written multiple books on topics such as Supreme Science, Red Pill Alchemy, and even his uh, another story known as Layla's Crown. And he's, I guess we can call it the coder of the matrix, as you will. And without further ado, we'll introduce our guest today, Dwayne Hendricks. Peace. So uh, before we even get started to our topic, let's, uh, you know, tell about yourself, you know, everything from the books you did, from what you do, you know. Okay. Well, um, how I kind of got started on the path to being an author, um, because, you know, where we from, when you grow up in, you know, the hood and you you live uh, in cities and things of that nature, you know, the last occupation a lot of us probably think about is being an author. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how how I even ended up going down that path was uh I was um, doing a lot of work in the music industry and I ended up having uh, a lot of stumbling blocks every time I got to a certain doorway, doors wouldn't open for me. So um, with myself being um, a Hendrix, uh, Jimi Hendrix is my granddad's first cousin. Mm -hmm. I had to to really start doing a lot of research um, because I was hearing all of this stuff about if you're going to uh, get in the industry, you got to sell your soul or you got to do a homosexual act or whatever the case may be. So I just started, I was just like, man, it ain't no way, you know. So I just started studying just everything from religion to Freemasonry to uh, occult information, um, just pretty much anything I could get my hands on that would open my eyes as to the world that we live in. And um, I would say once I got to a certain point of realization of just how many lies are perpetuated uh, against us, um, you know, I decided that I would start writing books, you know. And it took me a while. Um, Ariel's Crown was the first book that I published. I wrote that one in 2014. And I had already been working on Supreme Science. And uh, believe it or not, Supreme Science was supposed to be called No More God Games at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if y'all are familiar with my YouTube channel, you know, I've said on multiple of my YouTube videos, my book coming, No More God's Game. And I was trying to prepare people for it, but it ended up. I evolved so much past that point and then I got to the point to where I knew I was comfortable enough to write the book mm-hmm. and um, I wrote Supreme Science in 2015 I think it was published in 2016 and um, you know that was the first book of that magnitude and then um, Red Pill Alchemy it took me maybe like another year and a half once I really got serious into my research and taking it to the next level and I uh completed that one in 2018 and I think it was published like January of 2019 mm-hmm. you know and and I also have another children's book 
is actually now being illustrated. So that should be coming out soon. And then I'm working on Red Pill Alchemy Volume 2. That's dope. Of all your projects, is there one you hold like more like your favorite uh, per se, or one that you mean more to you than others? Well, I, yeah, I guess uh, Ariel's Crown would be that. But and, and what's you want to know what's crazy about Ariel's Crown is I wrote it in one night. What? Yeah, because um, it was actually what happened with my daughter. Okay. So oh, okay, she was going to an African culture um, private school. Mm-hmm. called Children of the Most High, right there in Atlanta. And um, she ended up, we moved, and we were living down on the south side, um, down in Fairburn. And we ended up moving up on the north side. And it was, it wasn't, it was too much traffic. It just wasn't going to be able, we weren't going to be able to take her to the same private school. Mm-hmm. So she ended up having to go to a public school and the public school she ended up going to was up in like the North Druid Hills area. Okay. And um, basically it was only her and maybe like three other melanated children in her class. Oh. So she went from being in a class where it was, everybody looked like her. Everybody had natural hair, locks, you know, um, people coming to school with dashikis on and everything else to now going into this environment. So she was the oddball and she was getting picked on a lot. And basically the book is what I did to empower her. That's why it's called Ariel's crown because, you know, as we know now, our natural hair is truthfully a crown. It grows to the sun. Whereas, you know, um, so, you know, as, as we know the things that we know now, um, I just empowered her, you know, so it only took me like one night to actually write the book, you know, mm-hmm. so I guess that's the one that I'm attached to the most because that's my oldest child and, you know, it's my first book. Uh, so, but the one, as far as what I'm, what I'm proudest of, a lot of people would think it's Supreme Science, but I really think it's Red Pill Alchemy because, um, Red Pill Alchemy was just me taking it to a whole nother level, you know. So I already know it's you know dope in that sense because you know I'm reading Supreme Science now. I got my copy uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and I'm telling you, as soon as I'm just starting out reading, just mind blown, page after page, I'm like, dang, the book just started. You know, you can write <laughs> to it. So I already right. know. Like yeah. the, the amount of knowledge that's within the pages is immense. You know, I encourage right. you know all the listeners that's listening now to you know go out check the book out because it it encourages you to you know do further research into everything. Right. And so right. you know you be reading things and you know I tell people all the time that when you get into topics of this nature where you're trying to learn more about you know the world around us and reality mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, the last thing you want to do is just to get spoon-fed information. Right. And so, you know, that book, it it does a great job of giving you information, but also encouraging you to go out, hey, you know, do your own research, make your own mind up. So, you know, I haven't gotten read Procomy yet, but once I do, I can already uh, tell that it's going to be an amazing read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll help, it'll help even fill in, fill in some of the blanks that I left in Supreme Science as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. 
And on that note, we're going to go ahead and jump into our topic today, which is the indigenous history of us, you know, okay. everything from the natives down to tracing this back to ancient Kemet and the Dogon tribe and everything so we can truly see who we are. Because if anything, during this time, I think we need to realize who we are. Correct. And the power that's within us spiritually. Correct. And Absolutely. so we're going to jump into it. Okay. And the first point or the first question I want to ask is since we were just on the topic about books and when you hear about the indigenous peoples, you hear about oral traditions quite a lot. Right. And I want to talk about the power within oral traditions because I think it's almost like magic to oral traditions in terms of the energy they hold through the power of sound and frequency. Well, when you talk about uh, the significance of um, the oral tradition, it's about understanding how sacred the information truthfully is more than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the greatest secrets, secrets were given from mouth to ear, as they would say. So uh, mm -hmm. even if you see some of the hieroglyphs and you see, uh, I want to say it's um, Tahuti, and he's holding the initiate close to him and he's whispering in his ear. That's what that depiction is all about. So in understanding um, the reasons why we had oral traditions is to go into the ancient priesthoods. So when you learn about uh, the, the priesthood, which was called the Wabs or the Sim, it's where they get the word seminary. Um, you know, when a person becomes a pastor, they have to go to seminary school, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they say that the people who quote unquote call themselves Hebrews, they are Semitic, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is because the name of the priesthood was the Sem priesthood, S-E-M. And um, this coincides with the woman's womb because the woman in, inside of a woman she has the seminal vessel. You understand? So when they would go into the temple, the practice was actually going to a woman, going inside a woman. You know, um, very important to understand because a lot of um, what has happened as far as our original science is. We should be raised in matriarchy, but we, we are raised in patriarchy. So very important to understand the ancestors knew that you know God was a woman, if anything, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in understanding uh, the oral traditions and understanding the priesthood, you would study for 30 years to be considered a priest. You understand? And this 30 years, it coincides with both Saturn and Mars. Because in ancient Egypt, they, or Kemet, or Tamaray, whatever term people use to call it, they, uh, they had a, um, a means in which they tracked Mars for 30 years, and then they tracked Saturn for 30 years. And often the Pharaoh's life uh, resembled Mars. So that's why you would see uh, some of the, the discs that are on top of the Pharaoh's head or sometimes you'll see a disc of Ra and people think that's a sun disc, but it's actually red because Mars is the red planet. That's something that I'm getting ready to uh, explain further in um, this next book, Red Pill Alchemy. 
It's yeah. actually interesting you say that because, you know, quite often when I look into like ancient comedic symbology, they often emphasize the the disc on everyone's heads, and right, they're always calling it the sun. You know, the right. disc. You know, it must be the sun. Right. So, yeah, that actually. I mean, now that you say that, that makes more sense. You know, if they are measuring a specific celestial body, I mean, it would make sense for them to put that into their imagery. Yeah, absolutely. And and see, when you see Ra, Ra is the ram. Mm-hmm. Right? The ram mm-hmm. is Aries. Right. right? Mars, Mar is ram backwards. Oh. Yep. When do we, when do we go into Aries in March? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. It's the birth of the solar year, so that's why Ra was considered the highest uh, deity, or Atun, Atun Ra was, mm-hmm. you know, the highest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, backtracking the uh, topic back, well, at least it's the same topic, but yeah. backtracking towards the uh, indigenous people. Right. Looking at them on the spiritual level, uh, how can- in terms of how can we use what they left behind today right well uh in knowing first and foremost in knowing where you come is power in just knowing which where you come from right? Mm-hmm. right and secondly uh there's even more power to know that hey man we we the ones who built these damn pyramids you right. know mm-hmm. right so um it it helps us to garner a sense of ourselves from the standpoint of destroying everything that they tried to project on us, right? Like mm-hmm. they told you, you came here in a slave ship, and they they told you mm-hmm. all of these things about you, and then not only that, they made sure that they bombarded you with the same lies and misinformation or disinformation through the movies that they created and everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. So um we 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 need to always keep in mind that why every you know three to five years is a new slave movie to come out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. clockwork. It's like right. clockwork. Right. When it's when it's all of these stories that could be told, where's the Queen and Zynga movie? Mm-hmm. Where's the Marcus Garvey movie? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what where, where where are the uh the real Tupac, you know, from Central America, where's his story? You know, mm-hmm. so we, we could just go on and on and we could just talk about all of the different things that they've told us and then um all of the different things that they haven't told us. And then what happens is is when you learn that wait a minute, they made me think that this person over here was this person, but this person over here really looked like me. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and then you get to study in this person throughout times, or for instance, like um, I'm gonna make y'all laugh real quick, but uh, y'all know how brothers we like women with a fat ass and a small waist, right? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right. It's actually on the glyph. I want to say it's Queen Nefertari, in which. Her husband is describing her in that way. Mm, that's crazy. You know, 
that she got a little waist and a fat ass. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, so, you know, you know, like if, if Tanya, you know what I mean? From up the block who built like that, you know, knew that that's what the image of her was Queen Nefertari. You know what I mean? Would she be out here acting wretched and everything else? You know, probably not. She probably right. would begin to see the, the empress within herself. Mm-hmm. You know? And we we wonder a lot of times why we do so many different things that are so self-destructive. Why we will, you know, go and openly kill another person that looked like us. Mm-hmm. Because they got they from over here and they from this block and we from this block, you know, and it's because of what the systematic um, brain dirtying. I don't like to use the term brainwash. We need our brains washed. The brain dirtying that has happened to us has done, you know. So we we have to examine you know, that aspect of it. And psychologically, it, it's a very spiritual thing that takes place because, you know, for myself, right, I used to be in them streets, you know. So I don't know, you know, what the old heads done told y'all about me before I got on this path, but when I woke up to the fact that, wait a minute, you know, this is what my real history is, and this is what I'm really all about, and I got this greatness within me, I cried like a baby, and I started flashing back, like, all the different things, the shootouts that I've been in, um, being pulled over, and I got enough uh, in this trunk to where I'm finna have to go sit down for 15 years if, if they ask to search this car. You know, I start reliving all those moments. You know, and and mm-hmm. I thought about it like, man, what if that cop would have searched this car? I wouldn't have never got to this point. You know, so it's a it's a very serious um, part of us to understand that um, all of these different uh, ancient cultures um, that we see that have been. Uh, made to seem as if it's someone else is really us, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's actually very interesting you say that because I be trying to tell people this all the time, and you know for some reason I feel like this is a concept that really shouldn't be that hard to grasp. Like, you know, all throughout school, all they do is tell us that well, you know, every black person here they came from a slave and you know that's all y'all are pretty much is slaves ain't nothing special about you you know you was brought over here in bondage and now all your people y'all just trying to come up from the dirt and you know it's nothing before that it's just slaves there's nothing before that. there's no history Mm -hmm. before that so you know don't think nothing special about yourself you just this you know you started off as an object in somebody's eye you started off as somebody's property and so you know what do you what what do you think? What effect do you think that has on a young child in school, right? Who's like, like who's who's growing up to think that everybody that looks like me at some point was just somebody's property, right? And, you know it's it's a complete psychological effect, mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. Now these kids growing up thinking they have no worth. You know, none of us a, a large portion of us don't know our true worth. 
because we don't know our history. Because for so long, the history that's been fed to us has been, you know, it's it's been mangled up and, you know, it's been changed up in ways to make you think that aren't true. And so, you know, I completely agree with the fact that, you know, if we knew the true history, if we knew the true power within us, then I feel like we wouldn't be in the situation that we are now and where, you know, most of the kids that's getting killed, they, they being killed by people that look like them. When there's a whole war out there, we got people that's actually looking to kill us that Correct. don't look like us. But we out here killing right. each other. They're always, they're always hiding the truth in, like, books because they know you're not going to read it, too, because they it's like, like they kind of, they program it into you, like, during, you know, school, like, you know, sometimes out of like out of repetition yes. with things, mm-hmm. like uh, so like even like you know in middle school because we all went to the same middle school. You know, they would tell us to read this page, read this page, but, but eventually it wear you out to the point where you're like, man, I don't right. want to read nothing no mm-hmm. more. But when you realize it's the complete opposite right. that you need to be doing. Well, you know, it's it's because what what they did with with the um programs that they gave us through the educational system um. You know, we have to understand that that was mechanized, too. And it's basically not conducive to the way we supposed to learn. So it's going against your DNA. Right. Mm -hmm. Then from the standpoint of the fact that they're teaching you things that are going against your DNA, um, they're giving you a grade, (laughs) you know, and just just. Just look at what that does. Like when you don't get a grade, you get shunned in this society. You mm-hmm. get made to think mm-hmm. that you're a failure, you're you're stupid, or whatever, you know, uh label they try to put on you, you know. In all actuality, it could be nah, I just don't learn this way. You know, so I give you an example of mm-hmm. uh, Floyd Mayweather, right? Like it's right. obvious that he's very intelligent. You know, but yep. uh, they say he's illiterate. He can't read and write. Hmm. You understand? But mm-hmm. who's to say that in ancient times the pharaohs would be able to read and write because they had a different way of communicating and expressing themselves so there's no written language you know the communication was done by the symbology that you see on the glyphs you you dig what i'm yeah. saying so a, per- okay. a person's mm-hmm. intelligence can can be weighed in different ways you dig what i'm saying so it's like when we when we understand that we have to understand why it's such a vicious pimp game and the way that they did what they did to us and then if we could see that then we could see the genius on the brother who never went to school but is from the hood and you know he he damn sure learned the metric system he know how to weigh a kilo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He know what a half ounce is, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And, and, and he know exactly what he gonna make off of every half ounce. And he know how to. And he'll tell you, oh, by the time you know I flip this, I'm gonna been there made forty six thousand dollars. This, this, that, and the third. And you like, okay. He, he know uh-huh. he know math. Okay, you full you know, breakdown. Got it. All but right. but it, it it wasn't meant for him 
to be sitting at a desk because in your DNA, right, it's, it's, it's in you to be a hunter somewhere. It's in you yeah. to be, mm-hmm. you know, in Africa somewhere or somewhere else in an open field, being able to run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then they put you in this little-ass desk, you know, in a room with this cold-ass air condition, and all you really want to do is is put your right. head down and go to sleep on that desk, and they trying to get you under their spell because they give you a, a what? A course called what? Spelling. Mm-hmm. Right? Then watch this. Then then what do you mm-hmm. do when you spell something? You write it, write a passage, ritual. Right. So they put a spell on mm-hmm. you through a ritual. It's a spell. You understand? Mm-hmm. And then when you wow. get when you get yeah. in the third grade, they teach you how to write and what? Cursive. What's curse. a curse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad I ain't learned. Oh, that. I thought I was the only one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. So you know, it's like when you when you begin to when you begin to detach from the matrix and you begin to examine what they did, man, it's diabolical. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. diabolical. And then. Like they they break down yeah. students, you know it, it yeah. adds on to the psychological the psychological breakdown of students when you got a kid that could flourish in exactly. so many other areas, but just because he's not the best at reading or writing or of math, now you right. calling him stupid, exactly. you calling him dumb, exactly. calling him a failure. Now this kid he don't even want to go out and attempt to be great at other things that could right. actually mm-hmm. work for him. Now he feel like all he can do is just sit at the house. And do nothing because he's right. not good at anything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's how they get a lot of our youth. They tell them, you know, this is what you are. You're not good at this, and this is the only thing that there is. Like as if school is the only way to right. become mm-hmm. successful. And we've seen time and time again right. that that's not the case. Right. Like but we, the narrative still sticks, right, due to the program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like we got our people out here measuring themselves on a letter or yeah. a number, a GPA. Yeah. Like, come on now. You really measuring your self worth right. on a 4.0 scale. That right. The, right. The, system, the system is designed to breed like workers, not leaders or creators, not nothing rent to the news. They're built to like stay, exactly. stay in line and do what right. a boss tells them what to do. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 built and designed to make like, slaves, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drones. Yeah. You know, worker bees. Yeah. Yeah, they call you. They call it. They call them cheap for a reason. Right. You just follow mm-hmm. them in the herd. So I mean, y'all, y'all and all, y'all I all born like, and raised in Atlanta, right? Yes, sir. You, uh, yeah, you let yeah, you let, Atlanta, you, let a, yeah. <laughs> you let a chick that go to Spelman. You mess around and, and say that she, baby, baby, uh, when you going back to Clark? But she gonna, but she gonna want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Both of them supposed to be institutes of higher learning, but I don't go to Clark. I get right. spell mad. I was like, God. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? literally. And, and they don't understand. They don't understand. And see, what, what's so funny is that what ends up happening is that because they leave that college and they get a six-figure-a-year job, you can't tell them nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? 
but mm-hmm. you just a slave that's right. gonna get a little bit nicer car and a little bit nicer house. Basically, house versus sl- field slaves. Basically, yeah, yeah. But but you right. know, cause you you to them you still a field nigga. Jay Z mm-hmm. a field nigga to them. The people who got who really <laughs> got money. You right. know, like they'll they'll yeah, they they'll slip they rich like they nothing. wake up with Oprah and Jay Z money. You know? Right. So when when it's all said and done, you know, that's another layer of it that we have to understand as far as the programming and the pacification that has come with everything that has happened to us. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's diabolical what you know what they've done and it's so hard to get people to see it because most of us can't comprehend people being that diabolically evil you know right and they play a lot with it through the media at such a young age because like especially like the companies that you think are made to promote the little good stuff like disney you look at movies like pocahontas and you don't realize that that first of all, that's not the story, and that's you right. that they're portraying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, this is you, or even when they showing you the, especially when you're younger, you used to see all the commercials about Africa, and the only thing you see is right. a starving mm-hmm. child. Right. All, all you see is the for nice you can today, feed this you can feed yeah. this starving <laughs> child. Oh my god! And then when it actually. When I saw a, a video of the people in Africa, they said maybe we just didn't want to wear shoes, or like like they they would literally they they said they like to be grounded to the earth rather than have something always right. cover them unless they needed it, and so how the media perpe- right. perpetuates that gives you the idea that you sympathize with them, and we see them almost as less than us, but not realize right. that we are right. them too. We are, mm-hmm. you know. And again, peep how diabolical evil they are because they receive all that money that people donate and only a small percentage of that actually goes to those people in Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. It's really yeah. crazy. You know, so it, it, again, you know, even even when, you know, we think we're doing something charitable, we're not because you really still feed in this, this same perpetual monster that they've created. Right. Mm. You know. And even when looking back at our, like, the indigenous history, you know, they always, first thing they tell you in school is that Christopher right. Columbus discovered America. And literally, like, three years later, they are literally trying to erase it from your mind, but you so engraved, you still be trying to, and even when they tell you that's not the truth, they still, they feed you right. with a whole nother lie. Like, they don't tell you that the you know the people in Africa or the Moors were already trading with the people from the West Indies, and that's what they told Columbus. Like, yeah, man, right. you're kind of late, mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff of that nature. Or the people in you know right. South America, you know, stuff of that nature. And like, how they didn't even know how the the world moved or how the map worked. Like, they thought at one point right. South America was a country right. instead mm-hmm. of a continent. Yeah, Christopher Columbus thought like, he was mm-hmm. going to India. Why they got called right? Indians, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, Christopher, let let let's put something in the proper context, though. Christopher Columbus did discover America for the Vatican, or 
or should mm-hmm. I say for the right. Holy Roman Empire because the Vatican wasn't even created then yet but he discovered uh, America for the Holy Roman Empire because he came to these shores as a part of the Spanish Inquisition by Catholic Queen Isabella who was granted the privileges to do mm-hmm. so in the Inquisition by uh I want to say it was Pope Alexander the Sixth, Pope Sixtus. I think is who it was, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, he he discovered America in that sense, <laughs> you know. Um, when uh, when you look at the name Christopher Columbus, it has Christ in it. And the word Columbus mm-hmm, comes from mm-hmm. the word uh, Columbusi, which means the dove. That's why one of the symbols of Christianity is a dove. Okay. You know. Mm. And what was his name? It right. Was the um, his, his real name was Cristobal Cologne. You know. Um, and he actually was part Jewish. So that's real important for people to understand. Very, very important for people to understand because, um, you know, the Jews, they are like the the real controllers of the agendas and the word, uh, they go back to, they say that they're the descendants of Jacob and the word Jacob means supplanter, you know, so they supplant themselves in the midst of of everything and then they try to be the people who benefit and reap the rewards of whatever's meant to be claimed later on down the line so that's a big part of the uh the indians mm-hmm. of what they say the five dollar indians and the dodge rolls and all the real yeah. indigenous um original and aboriginal people of this nation that never received um their proper status Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's that's very important to put in the right context because um right now we're at a pivotal moment in time, being that we're dealing with this uh 2020 census. Um we should mm-hmm. not want to be US citizens. You know, we right. are the indigenous people of this soil, so why would we want to be citizens of a corporation? The United States mm-hmm. of America is a corporation. It's not a landmass, you know. And that's why it's headquartered Best. in Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is a nation state. It's not a, a actual part of what we would call America. It's a, it's a dying corporation. Yeah, right now, it's t- yeah. to tell you the truth, it's really dead because right now we are actually um in a state of martial law and basically um Donald Trump is just basically a uh spokesman um but basically FEMA has control of the company that's why you don't see the seal of the United States mm-hmm. on the podium you see the White House when he comes mm-hmm. to the podium now Yeah, yeah. So ever since all of this stuff has happened, see, um, 
I know this is kind of off the topic, but it's very important for people to listen to and understand because there's so many, there's so many people in our community that, you know, uh, if they do vote, they just vote Democrat. And um, they don't realize that that's been a big part of our demise because the Democratic Party is actually... Mm -hmm. Uh, there's show there's there's ties to the Democratic Party in the Klan, basically. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden was part of the KKK, and he running as a Democratic right. candidate. And I was right. like, but they don't know that. But <laughs> yeah. um, Joe Biden's a pedophile too, so <laughs> we 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 must know that. Just like Barack Obama was, just like the Clintons and so many other people. Uh, but. Uh, on January the 31st this year, Donald Trump wrote an executive order um, that actually went against anyone who was connect who can be connected to human trafficking. It actually allows this particular executive order allows for the seizing of the assets of anyone connected to human trafficking. So once he wrote this executive order into law, that's when you start seeing all those CEOs stepping down from those corporations. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say that. That that coincides with all the CEOs randomly stepping down from their companies. Absolutely. Because a lot of these people who got wealth in this country and, you know, are successful, you know, they're connected to all sorts of nefarious stuff, you know. Um, there's pictures somebody put a picture on my Facebook page yesterday of uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg on the uh, island that uh, Jeffrey Epstein owned um, you know, right, right who hasn't been there you at know. point <laughs> so um, when we when we look at you know what's transpiring right now in the world that's something that we need to understand and realize why it's happening and even more so, that's why it's important for us to learn about our true indigenous status of this landmass so we can detach from this corporation and not be um, included in a lot of the things that potentially could happen to people who want to stay connected to this matrix and be citizens of, of this corporation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let me ask you this question, though, because, um, you know, through my research, the, the term the Moors, right. it comes up a lot. And, you know, that's a term that you don't really hear right. in the schools. Mm-hmm. And, you we know, I just want to, you know, hear your thoughts, you know, on like the Moors and who the Moors are, like their connection to us, since that's not something that's that's really, you know, touched upon when it comes to, you know, public school curriculum, you know, that I was right. brought up on. Okay. Well, the Moors were known as navigators or traveling men. Um, and um, truth be told, that's why in Freemasons, um, they say that they're traveling, right? Um, if you ever heard any Freemasons talk, they say I'm a traveling man. Um, because a lot of the secrets that ended up being placed in the first three degrees of Freemasonry came from the Moors. Um, you also have Another term is M U U R S, MERS, right? 
And this more so uh, is a word that describes the people who navigated to what we now call North, South, and Central America. And what we need to realize and what we need to see is that the world was once one landmass. And mm-hmm. there were people that were traveling different places before the continents actually divided. You know. So this was way before there's any recognition of any Caucasian on the planet. They only show up about 6,000 years right. ago in history. So prior to that, everything that you could see in existence was us. We built Stonehenge and all that other shit that's in Europe too. Not just <laughs> what we built in Africa and what was built in the Americas. We built all that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Asia too. Yep. Yeah. And you know, there's there's uh pyramids and structures that are larger than the ones um in in African cultures under water off the coast of Asia. You know, they've actually found a crystal pyramid at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean in the Bermuda Triangle area that's bigger than any of the pyramids in Egypt. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah. On on that note, that leads me to another question. Because you hear, when you research, you also hear right. about, like, the Atlantean people, right? And you know, to us, it's always promoted as like a fable or just, you know, in movies, it's like, oh, we're going to Atlantis, but it's always pro- it's always provided in a right. science fiction mm-hmm. category. But is it fiction at all is the question. You know? Oh, man. You know, all fiction has truth in it. You know, all mm-hmm. of these, right. all the sci-fi, you know, all of that stuff, it, it has a basis in something that's truthful, you know. So, um, some people say that Atlantis was where the North Pole is now. Um, you know, many, 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 many uh, cycles of time ago. Um, but I'm under the impression, um, based on the things that I've learned, that Atlantis is actually uh, what would connect America to Africa now had had it not fallen into the sea um wow. so to give you an example you know we we from that ga right mm-hmm. that ga red clay mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so now if you go through right. you get a map and you look at georgia on the map and just look at right across and you're going to see that literally we only a few hundred miles from Africa. You understand? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and um, right where, where mm-hmm. I'm from, my hometown, born and raised Brunswick, Georgia, where this shooting just took place, by the way, um, which was an Illuminati hit. You know, it was a sacrifice. Uh, you could probably... If y'all want to bring me back, I'll be able to talk about that more later on. But um, but you could go Google this. It's something called the Brunswick Magnetic Anomaly. Because in the area, 
um, down in Southeast Georgia. Uh, this is, it's a, uh, you know, of course, an, an anomaly basically, you know, means that it's something that rarely occurs. Right. So mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. when you look at the magnetic grid of the, the planet, this is a magnetic anomaly in this area. And this is because uh, this is where the continents broke off at. You know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. when you look at the landmass of North America um, and what took place with the continental divide, that's why on the east coast of Florida, um, going all the way into the Gulf Coast of Texas, everything in that area is basically below sea level. Florida is below sea level. Uh you know, parts of Mississippi and Louisiana are below sea level. Parts of Texas are below sea level. And parts of Alabama are below sea level. And they've even, um, and I had, I put this in Supreme Science, they've even discovered a 200 million year old piece of Africa underneath the magnetic grid in Alabama. Right. Because what happened is when the, when the continents divided, and the land mass is separated and big big pieces of land collided and crashed against one another it destabilized different parts of the grid so that's why all of that stuff that i just named florida you know uh alabama mississippi texas all have parts of them that are below sea level you know okay. yeah oh wow that's <laughs> And it's a lot to take in at once, but it's so much research like pointing right. to what you just right. said. As and that's well. why I put the I put the article that uh when I was researching that I got it from in the book. You know, because my whole thing is, man, don't believe nothing I'm telling you, man. You know. Who am I for you to just believe what I I right. say and take it for face value? Look it up for yourself. That we get we get a lot of questions, you know, especially when it comes to like people that know us personally. And a lot of times like they will ask us questions and they're looking for us to give them all the answers. I'd be like, Right, you gotta look it up for yourself. Like, right. you know, you can't expect me to know everything and two, right. you don't even know if what I'm telling you is right. Like this is just what I think, what I know right. based on my own right. research. Mm -hmm. right. Well, you know, um that's part of the programming, bro. You know, that's part of the program. So, uh, we, we I said earlier that, you know, they educate us to be slaves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they educate us to think mm -hmm. in groups and to never go outside of what the group thinks and, and all of that good stuff, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. we just got to recognize it for what it is. Yeah, it's like the way this society is set up, you know, if you're different, right, then you're seen as right. wrong automatically. And you know, right. that goes for everything. Like it does it don't matter if you have a different viewpoint on something. It don't matter if you choose to take a different path from someone. Like, you know, mm -hmm. for example, the way we're brought up is, you know, go to school, go to college, get a nice job, you know, pay your taxes until you die. You know, that's just, you know, what everyone's main thought is. It's like, oh, well, you got to make good grades. You got to go to college. You got to mm -hmm. do that. You got to do this. 
But for the people that choose to not walk that path, you know, no matter what they're doing, people look at them a right. certain way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're not going to school. And, you know, what are you doing? You're doing something wrong. But, you know, we really got to see the value in people taking control of their own life in a sense in that they're not just doing what everybody else is telling them to do. And, you know, even now that's still seen as such a problem. But, you know, like you said, with everything else, it makes sense why that would be right. a problem. You know, for someone to for someone to rise up out of the slave mentality, as I would call it, you know, that's a problem, especially for the people that that run the matrix, for the people that run, you know, what we live through every day to see somebody right. who's in a different mindset, you know, away from mm-hmm. the bunch. That's always going right. to cause a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. You spot on, young fella. And uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> something else I wanted to bring up is um, the term, when we're talking about our history, the term black or even the phrase black, because when you look at, we're the only uh, ethnicity, if you will, that has like a constant changing towards what right. we're identified as through our history. Like you have the Negro you have mulatto, you have this, you have that. And it's always changing, like, every so-and-so years as if they don't know what to call us. And the term black is, if I'm familiar with right. it, means you're essentially right. dead. Absolutely. Um, that's why George Soros sent out, spent all that money funding Black Lives Matter. You know, mm-hmm. one of the main right. people, mm-hmm. um, this sucker named Sean King, you know, he from he he went to school right there at uh, Morehouse, and he's actually a white dude. You know, he's a Caucasian. He's mm-hmm. not he's not even one of us. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the lie that he tells is that the man that was listed on his birth certificate is not his dad. Okay, well, who is your pops? You know. Mm. Um, Man, you you uh you let you let uh that type of information come out about you and you can't straighten it out, you know, because it's real easy to say, okay, this is my dad right here, and it's real easy to say, okay, yo, look, we took a blood test, <laughs> you know, mm. but um, right. yeah, so George Soros, Jewish billionaire, um. Same man who owns a piece mm-hmm. of Amazon, owns a piece of Netflix, um, no, owns a little bit of pretty much everything in the world. Um, he funded Black Lives Matter. He gave them $33 million. You know, and mm-hmm. they actually usurped the um, the uh, grassroots movement that was taking place in uh, Ferguson, Missouri during the Mike Brown shooting. And they became kind of like a household. None of those people that y'all was seeing, um, um, Darren Seals, he was really from Ferguson, Missouri, you know, and he really was seriously trying to organize and, and do something righteous in that situation. And that's why he ended up being the one that lost his life. You know, mm. yep. That's usually how it goes. People that you know here for the actual elevation and the progress of our people. Yep. You know, they get taken That's out. Why we have to write books, right? 
See, I, mm-hmm. I like yeah. what what you know, cause you know I'm I'm uh the reason why this uh you know this the awareness for this Wayne Williams case and Atlanta child murders uh basically resurrected. Um, and you know, everybody's like, I'm so afraid for you. I'm so afraid for you. And, you know, I've written books. So mm-hmm. if they do something to me in that regard, now you, you make me a martyr and you make, you make my books, the, the Bible for every young nigga in America. So guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a whole lot of people wake up. So that's going to be a bigger problem, you know? Right. So uh mm-hmm. in in writing um books what you do is you set a marker in time and you basically create your own stele as a pharaoh and you say this is what i stand for this is what mm-hmm. i'm about mm-hmm. you understand um and what ends up happening right. is the four letters a u t h when you become a author you authenticate and authorize who you are to your people. You know, you have mm-hmm. the ability to authorize what your people learn, your children learn, and so on and so forth. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's dope, for real. It's, like, it's almost like a way of, you know, immortalizing yeah. yourself. In a way that, you know, even if they did something to you, it, it would just, like you said, further push exactly. the message exactly. that you've been trying to give. Yeah, so imagine, right. imagine if, um, imagine what Martin Luther King would be if he wrote five books. How how mm-hmm. much would those books be read if mm-hmm. if Malcolm wrote five or ten books, if Tupac wrote five or ten books, right? You know, how many millions right. of people would have bought those books? You know. And even looking at it like historically, like, you know, like our indigenous selves, how they would write, they would write it on stone right. at that more than likely, right? So they, like, they truly immortalized what they happened. And, you know, it's not like it, it took them one day to write this stuff. It, it actually took them so long to create because, you know, they made sure every precise measurement right. of the, you know, the symbolism that they mm-hmm. used was depicted everything. So that meant what they put in their words or, you know, right. symbols was what they meant. Right. So, yeah, when you, you when know, you look at some of the carvings and the, the, the statues and you, you realize that you like, wait a minute. This shit is written in some hard ass rock, folks. And this this <laughs> carving, they got this man's lips on here perfect, and they got his nose on here perfect, and it's asymmetrical to the statue. So his face is 18 inches on both sides, folks. Wait a minute. You know? Right. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, when you think about it in that regard, and then you have to start asking yourself, okay, how advanced were our ancestors? Because that wasn't being done with no chisels, bro, and no hammer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what? Go ahead. Right. Like, no, you go ahead. actually, um, my fine mean to cut you off, but I, I was just piggybacking off what you said. Um, I was watching this uh, documentary on the pyramids. Uh, 
down in Africa. And they were saying how there's actually structures still there to this day that you can go to where there's these large yes. quartz blocks. Yes. That are many, many tons. And, you know, right. they have these perfectly laser cut right. circles mm-hmm. in the middle of them. And, you know, people look at them and they're like, yo, the, like, right. this wasn't being done with no primitive right. tools that, you know, we've been taught that they had. Yeah. So they had know, to have that's where they really, like you said. Mm-hmm. They had to have lasers mm-hmm. to be able to cut glass and stone like that. It's no hammer, it's no right. chisel, it's no, you know, it's none of that is doing that. And then what what people also have to realize is that what did they have that could lift something that was 14 tons? Right, because it wasn't mm-hmm. just no regular people. Like, you know, they always show nah. you a picture of like 100 nah. people holding a nah, like 14-ton block. Nah, bro. <laughs> That's 28,000 pounds, bro. <laughs> Ain't nobody lifting that Come up, on, man. man. We can't do that Come today, on, bro. Nobody. One, one stone, 14 tons. 14 tons? Uh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you told people today, you just got a bunch of people right. like, all right, y'all, y'all gonna deal with this skyscraper. <laughs> But we're not gonna use no power tools. We just I gonna use right. straight manpower. I on three. Like no, wait, look at all. <laughs> yeah, man. Right, come on, man. People tripping, man. Even when you look at like the science, the actual science of the pyramids, they talk about how they were actually energy structures Correct. that were able to conduct Correct. electricity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like how they were above aquifers and they were made out of like you know sort of exactly. sedimentary rocks like limestone. And yep. The water got ionized. Right, aquifers under there. It charged it, and they talk about how certain chambers in the pyramids. You walk in, you can hum, and that chamber right. is tuned to a right. certain note, like let's say middle C, right? Or because AC. they had sound technology mm-hmm. to heal the body. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, like they actually used to have chambers. You know, like the doctors wanted prescribing medicine and stuff. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, what what problem you got?" Right, you go <laughs> right. sit up in that chamber for right. a few minutes. Go to the D. Yeah, right. and you you would go in there and you would get sound therapy. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. And like we we recently did an episode on the the power and the science behind right. sound and sound healing. So to know that they had that knowledge, so that technology. Right. These many, many, many mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, you know, it just brings us, right. you know, full circle back to the point. You know, our people right. are beyond mm-hmm. amazing. Our people have right. so much power. We've had this power. You know, we've had this knowledge for, you know, many, many eons. But what's happened is the, the knowledge has been lost on us as a people. And so we don't really know, you know, how amazing we were back then. Like, imagine if everybody was walking around with the knowledge that, Oh, thousands of years ago, we was on this. So I already know that now, you know, I got this power within me. You Mm -hmm. can't tell me nothing. All right. But, you know, on top of that, we don't fail so far from that at the same time. You know, like you can even look at it like diet, holistic and all the forms of healing. Like what we do now compared to what we did then is not even right. Not even closely related. Like 
you know, back then, they'd be like, oh, you got a cold? Okay, here, let me ground it. Right. Leaf. Right. Now they'd be like, all right, pop this pill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Those two got nothing in common right Absolutely. We, we once were at a place where we knew, you know, and and right. for the last 2,160 years or so, we've been believing. <laughs> mm. You know, <laughs> and, you know, it was it was a cycle of time that we had to come into um, when we went into the age of Pisces, though, you know, so. This is why the, the now so many are wanting to learn and there's this uh, desire for consciousness because we're moving into the age of Aquarius, which is the age of I know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just read a book on, you know, what you're talking about. The, the shifting from the age of Pisces, which was, you know, uh, a large period of time where everything was like focused on combat right. and you know warfare and you know um you know there's people trying to you know kill each other this and the third but now that we're moving to the age of Aquarius like you said it's more of a a time where we're focusing more right. on the spirituality of things and focusing more on getting to know right. the knowledge behind right. the world isn't it ironic that things are being revealed in 2020 the year of vision, 2020 right. vision. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. One of our first episodes on this podcast was called 2020 Ascension, where we literally make this connection like, yeah. what, like a week before 2020 yeah. or something, mm-hmm. like a week after 2020. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in uh, Red Pill Alchemy, I think in Supreme Science, I actually put some of the information in there too, but. You know, that's what I was explaining that film World War Z was all about that it represented Generation Z. It it, it represented oh, the you end, you know, of a cycle in time. That's why uh, it's called the final hour. And in Red Pill Alchemy, I brought it back around and explained that that's what Lauren meant when she was saying you can get the money, you can get the power, keep your eyes on the final hour. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, mm. the the generations, Generation X is uh, 60 to 80, which is my generation. Generation Y is 80 to 2000, and Generation Z is 2000 to 2020. You know, that's the final hour or the last mm-hmm. 60 years. Hmm. It's funny that we're that we're called Generation Z, and that's like right. the last letter of the you know the English <laughs> alphabet at that. And we're coming into 2020, and it's just like you know, that, exactly. I don't really believe exactly. in coincidences, like you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all happening by divine timing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Facts. And something else I find funny, one last thing, is like, uh, especially like in music, especially like late 90s, you hear them like, a, you hear a lot of artists alluding to such things mm-hmm. that like are happening today, especially like a lot of R&B and soul, like right. Lauren and Erica Badu, because like, I, after what you said, I just made a connection yeah. to one of her biggest songs, like On and On, where she uh, makes the connection, you know, she said she was she was born right. out of water, yeah. and you know, she's a Pisces at that, so 
and she said right. she came out with three dollars and right. six dimes, but you ain't get it because you didn't do your right. math. And that's talking about right. cipher, how everything comes full <laughs> circle. So like, is that is you know it started yeah. locking like you know? Well, you gears, know, Erica puzzles. Badu was a student of Doctor Malachi York. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of that mm-hmm. information that was coming out during that time, um, Outcast, Goody Mob, um. Society of Soul, mm-hmm. a lot of that ATL sound, the Dungeon Family, they was all um, studying that information that Dr. York wrote. You know, the person who is responsible for Erica's career is actually Dr. York's nephew, a dude named Kedar Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, so. that's crazy because I like. I've realized listening to their music because I've been yeah. listening to a lot of Goody Mob lately, which is, you know, it's crazy. Once again, ain't no such thing as coincidence, but we listen to a lot of Goody Mob and a lot of Outcasts. And when you hear the, the like their right. lyrics and the things that they talked about, like they were around there talking about, you know, New World Order and, you know, talking about, you know, black people right. and their role in this world and things of that nature. Like these are. Right. Like relatively heavy subjects, right? You know, right? Like it, it's in a way like the music right. is good, but that's all people hear. Like you know, in the um, in the uh, yeah. what song is it? I think it's Hey Ya. Uh, when Andre right. Thousand was like, "Y'all don't want to hear me. Y'all just want to dance." Yeah, that's, right. that's literally how it is. Like people don't want to hear the message. They right. want to listen to the music. They just want to have a good time. Which you know, I have no problem having a good time, but. You gotta right. be able to understand. And dig it. Was you on? Around. Was you on my uh, Red Pill Radio the other night when I when I explained it about that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, you love. know, and and you know, yeah. hey y'all, right? Hey mm-hmm. y'all, hey y'all, mm-hmm. hey y'all. That was a mantra that Andre was putting in the music, and yeah. he was wearing green. Um, Green is the color of the heart chakra. Green is the color of Venus. And green is the color of Islam because Islam is peace. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you really get into the science behind what he displayed and a lot of what he did. Uh, if y'all remember one award show, he went up there and he was dressed as a Native American chief. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, they always, in their albums, on the artwork, he always had the melanated goddess. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um he was basically always trying to push people towards the divine feminine energy to help people understand that we what what really needed to happen is because we had been when you was talking about this age of warfare and all of these different things that you know that's all because the the masculine energy has been offset you know so mm-hmm very very important to understand because when a nigga get in trouble and the police come get him he want mama you know what I'm saying and, and, you know so like 
we, uh, you know, was given a religion was told to worship a man, and not only a man, a man that didn't even look like us. You know, so it's just so much, man, that we gotta mm-hmm. understand. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. No coincidence that I was literally cleaning out some rooms, you know, at the house, and my mother and I ran into like a whole bunch of old outcast yeah. CDs, like literally. With yeah, exactly man. With the melanated woman on it, just like yeah, you know. Yeah, I still think ATL out of all the hip hop that I done heard over the years, I would say, um, when I listen to albums sonically and I listen to them, you know, I listen for certain things when I listen to hip hop, and y'all know I do music too, but uh. You know, I listen to albums sonically, you know, to to to, to feel the sound and be taken somewhere when you listen to an album, you know. Um the lyrical content, right, the production, uh the um flow of the album and, and pound for pound. I think um the best the best hip hop album that I've ever heard put together is Nas it was written. And I think um uh, is his second. You know. Yeah. 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 So I know y'all a little bit younger than me, man, but if y'all go back in and listen to that AT Aliens album and just listen to how um, not just the knowledge they was dropping, but how it was put together, man. I mean, even they, even they first one was dope oh, yeah. like that, the way it just flowed, you know. Um, but yeah. the first one was was almost that. At Aliens was perfect, like the way it was put together. Mm. It's just perfect, you know. And the, the only other album that that I've heard that I think is better than that is it was written by Nas. You know, I'll definitely look at that one. Mm. Okay, yeah, dope. Boy, that I think we covered so much content, you know, just in this short amount of time. Right. It's, it's, it's impossible. So, you know, whenever y'all want me to come back, man, it ain't no problem, man. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like we just yeah. touched the tip you know, of the iceberg. I mean, right. if you want to do it again, um. Next weekend we can. I ain't tripping, bro. Like, you know. Never, never leave that show for sure. Well, um, before we leave, uh, you want to tell everybody okay. where they can reach you, yeah. on, like, social um, media and everything. I got a mm-hmm. couple social media pages. Um, my IG is Red Pill Gang ninety nine. Um, my uh. Facebook page is Supreme Science, um, primarily where, you know, people could catch up with me. Um, but also, uh, I have um, another Facebook page that's uh, very important right now for what I'm working on is the Wayne Williams Freedom Project. So, you know, I'm working on this case and freeing the innocent man was fighting for... Um, 
some killings that took place between 79 and 81 in Atlanta in which they killed a whole bunch of uh, innocent babies and framed, you know, one brother and made him a scapegoat. And he's completely innocent of what he's been charged for. So I'm, you know, working diligently on that and, you know, greatly appreciate anybody who will come along and help spread the word of his innocence too. So people can find me there. And I'm actually... um getting ready to start working on um, this new social media platform called MeWe. So I don't know a whole lot about it, so we're going to have to hold tight on that. But if anybody wants to go find me there, um, they can find me at hashtag Red Pill Game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for sure. This this has been a great one right here. I mean, this clear this easily one of our best. You know, well, I feel like most can't touch me our dub best, honestly. Well, I'm gonna give y'all a jewel, right? Don't never measure it. All right. Don't never measure your work right. because okay. what's uh what's worthy of praise to you may not be to the next person. And when we just do the work, we keep our heart and mind in the right place and we just do the work, everything that's supposed to happen due to the work will happen. You dig what I'm saying? So don't, because see what ends up happening is when you say this is the best, you begin to set a bar, right? And then if you do another Mm. show, and I'm not on it, you might say, oh, this wasn't as good as the one when Dwayne was on it. And then what ends up happening is you become too self-critical of yourself and you take away from the creative side of what you can be putting forth because now you're chasing something. You see? Yeah, so... Just, yeah. you know, let it flow, let it be organic. And if you're doing this and you're doing this for a specific reason, whatever your reasoning, your purpose for doing it is, always make sure that that is the mission. You know. Mm-hmm. And don't let, if y'all started this together, man, don't don't let nothing break y'all up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you know, uh, you got Michael Jackson and you got Tito in the group, but everybody need to be in the group for it to be the Jacksons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people right. got to be mindful of that and not um, allow egos to clash, and always keep the mission and the purpose of what you're doing. That always has to be at the forefront. Yeah. Facts. Thank you. For yeah, man. Today. And like I said, we, really we can do it. Coming we can out. do it. Um, you know, again next week, man. And as long as y'all want me to come, you know, if it's a weekend that I got time, man, I ain't got no problem sharing what I know because y'all the next generation, and y'all gotta, you know, uh, it, it's uh, what y'all gotta understand is that, um. From generation to generation, 
we should be better. You know, right? Uh-huh. Like, and what I mean is that, and I don't mean better in a sense like you a better man than me or none of that type of stuff. What I mean is that the environment and the conditions in which you get to do what you get to do is not as hard as it may have been for the previous generation. You know, you got more of a head start. You know. Mm-hmm. If you go back, oh, think about this before I go. If you go back long enough in your bloodline, you may hear um, you may hear your great grandmama or somebody say, we used to have to walk 12 miles to school every day. We wanted to learn. I've heard that. You know, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. you know, you ain't have to do that shit. You know, but that's still a part of where you come from. And that's, you always balance your equation by not allowing yourself to get so full of yourself based on your accomplishments and what you may be able to achieve, you know, but you always keep in mind that, you know, this is the lineage that I come from. So you get to see the progression and what you want to do for your children is you want to make it better for them. You know, so my, my baby is 12 years old, bro. And you know, She's about to be an entrepreneur. She's a young artist, and she's gonna be selling her artwork online real soon. You know, really, right? So, oh, yeah. you know, That's I dope. told her if she finds something she loves and she can make money off of it, she'll never work a day in her life. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Facts. Okay, fellas. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. y'all just mm-hmm. y'all just let, let me know let, when y'all want me to come back. Cool. We don't need to come back. <laughs> All right. All right. Y'all know that. From men to kings, from kings to gods, we are fresh, fair, entertaining. In reality. <laughs>